0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Tonight we are looking at Jesus healing this man who had been by the side of a pool for 38 years. Um, the pool of Bethesda. This man, he had, he had laid there and the, the, the story, at least people believed, was that there was an angel that would come to the pool and he would stir the waters and whoever was the first person to get into the waters would be healed. And when Jesus asked him, you've been here for 38 years, do you want to be healed? And the man said, said, I just don't have anybody to lay me in the pool. Somebody gets in the water before me. And Jesus tells him, arise, take up your bed, and walk. And he does so. And then the the funny thing about this story is, it's not just a healing miracle, it also shows the conflict that Jesus had with the Jewish teachers of the day. Because after this miracle, what we see is the Jews come to Jesus and they say, well, they they come to the man and they say, it's not lawful for you to take up your bed and walk on the Sabbath. So they're mad at Jesus. They begin to persecute Jesus because he broke their man-made traditions. That's where I spent a lot of time this morning. We won't spend as much time there tonight. Let's read our text. From John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, in Aramaic, called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going down, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, "Take up now, Get up, take up your bed and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. And there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because He was doing these things on the Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that Jesus has the power to heal. Lord, we thank You that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Lord, we pray that You would help us to hear Your Word. Lord, we would trust in You for real satisfaction in life. We would trust in You instead of any earthly strategy for happiness. And Lord, that we would not be like the Pharisees and get all bent out of shape over traditions of man. Lord, we would recognize what You're doing and join You. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray that you would help me to preach tonight. Lord, I I am empty. Lord, I pray that you would fill me up. I pray that you would help me. uh, Lord, that your spirit would unite with your word tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Says that after this there was a feast. Now what after what? You know, Jesus was. It just healed a man. He just healed another. There was another healing miracle that we just gotten finished covering, where this man had a a little boy, and he came to Jesus and asked, "Would you heal my son?" And Jesus didn't leave to go with him or anything. He just said, "Your son lives." Your son lives. The man went home, found out that his son had been healed, and he, he rose up right about the same time as Jesus had said to him, Your son lives. We're following this up with another healing miracle. And after it says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. So Jesus, he left Capernaum where he was. Actually, not wasn't Capernaum, it was in Galilee. He left Galilee. You know, he had just left Jerusalem. He went up through Samaria. He went up into Galilee. But now because of a feast, he's returning back to where he was. He returns back to Jerusalem. Now, there in Jerusalem, there's a sheep gate. We know the name, Bethesda. It describes it. It has roofed colonnades. And here there lays many invalids. Blind, lame, and paralyzed. Now, I want you to notice something. Verse 4 is missing. (laughs) What is the reason for that? I think everybody's probably sitting there with that question. Why is verse 4 missing? Um, Well, I'm using the ESV. Uh, The ESV is what I use. The ESV is uh, a good literal translation. It's a modern translation. Um, uh, In most modern translations, you won't find verse 4. In King James, you'll see... Uh, there, that it tells this story about how this angel would come down, uh, and and would stir the pool, and would let um, and, and uh, whoever was first into the water would be healed. Um, what the reason for the the, the modern translations not doing that? Uh, modern translations. We have many many more manuscripts available now. Than we had when the King James was translated. Uh, the oldest and most reliable manuscripts we have don't have that verse. Um, what uh, I think happened there is Mark, or not Mark, John wrote what we see here, what we see in the uh, in the text of the ESV, and some scribe later on. Uh, saw what it said about uh, the man saying, I have nobody to lay me in the pool, and needed something to make sense of it. And maybe he knew that this tradition was there, that the people believed that if they got into the water after the waters were, began to stir, that somehow they would be healed. I, I do think it's talking about some tradition that was there, but I don't think that's really what was in the, in the original text. Now We can talk about that a little bit more as... Uh, um, As time goes on. But here's why I think it's important. Um, If it stands there, then what it's saying is God really sent an angel down there, stirred up the water, and that people would be healed by it. But if it doesn't belong in the text... What it means is that that was just a tradition that people believed, and so it would be more of a superstition. So this guy was trusting in a superstition for 38 years so that he could get put into the water to be healed, when actuality what he needed was not some superstition, not some angel to stir up the water. What he needed was Jesus. So I hope that's satisfying. I hope that's satisfying. Verse 5. One man who was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. He had been sick for a long time. It just says he was an invalid. We know that he, was, he, he had been lying there with a the bed, assumed that he was lame, that he was unable to walk. He'd been lying there for 38 years. You know, sometimes we have had problems in our own lives that have been there for a long, long time. Sometimes people who are much older than I am have struggled with the same sin for years and years and years and still waiting for Jesus to heal them. And I think that's a common experience. I think often we, we begin, we're looking for healing, we're looking for deliverance from something And yet what we're trusting in isn't Jesus himself. We're trusting in some formula. We're trusting in some kind of superstition to get us through. We're trusting maybe in the security that that sin provides. It makes us feel good. And that becomes an idol. This man, he had been there for 38 years. This thing that had kept him down, that had kept him on the ground, that had left him an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus, the next verse says, when Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew he had already been there a long time. I'm making a big deal out of fact this was 38 years. He was there 38 years. Jesus knew He had been there for a long time. Sometimes some of us get in those ruts that we just can't seem to get out of for a long, long time. That's why dying and declining churches can't turn around. They've been in that rut for a long, long time time. Jesus knew he had been that way for a long time and he asked do you want to be healed? Don't stop it. Don't stop it. Uh, I think as I heard this so- story as a child I-, I kind of thought of that as kind of sterile. It was one of the details of the text but I never really thought about what this means that Jesus asked do you want to be healed? I mean, if, we, if we really let it hit us, the impact of it. It's like, do you really want to be healed? You've been there 38 years. Come on. That seems to be the impact that Jesus is making. Do you really want to be healed? We've got to ask ourselves that. When we are struggling with some sin over the long term, Jesus comes to us and asks, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want this, or is that thing that you're holding on to more important than me? Are you willing to do what it will take to change, or are you going to be just sufficiently happy there with your illness, with your lameness? Jesus asks us, "Do you really want to be healed?" And the sick man answered, "Sir." I have no one to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. And while I'm going down, another man steps before me. Now, if he'd been there 38 years, and every time the water was stirred up, he saw somebody get into the pool and they were healed, (laughs) do you think he would have gotten somebody to help him in before then? I, I... think it 's just he was putting another excuse before Jesus, and isn 't that how often we do? We put an excuse before Jesus Jesus comes to this comes to us and says, "Do you really want to be healed?" and we put well you know i 've got this excuse i 've got that excuse i, I mean i just can 't change i 'm just uh, this is the way I was born, and I, I, I just can 't change how often do we throw up excuses before Jesus? And so Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. Notice this, this is the same thing we see in the last passage. What happened whenever the, Jesus said to the man, your son lives? What did the guy do? He believed what Jesus said. He went home and he found his son lives. Here, Jesus spoke to the man. He didn't touch him. He didn't do any any kind of mumbo jumbo. No, all he did was speak. He said, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And what did the man do? He believed Jesus' word. And he obeyed. What we need to do whenever Jesus comes to us and he says, Do you want to be healed? It's not giving them a bunch of excuses. We need to hear Jesus' Word and obey. It's not in man-made strategies. It's not in psychology or psychotherapy or anything like that. It's hearing Jesus' Word and obeying it. Here we come to the dicey part. Next it says, now that day was the Sabbath. Ooh, (laughs) it was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. Really? Show me where in the Mosaic law, it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. You know, we have this command of not to work upon the Sabbath, we're to reserve that for rest and for worship. We see that in the Old Testament. I think it's part of the moral law. We do need to take one day in seven for rest, but what had happened in that day is that the Jewish leaders, all of the rabbinical teaching and everything, they had heaped upon tradition after tradition after tradition after tradition making more rules upon more rules to prevent you from being able to break the the real heart of the commandment. And it it takes it way, way off of the field from what it was, from what it was intended. So they were nitpicking. They were saying, it's unlawful, you're not supposed to take up your bed on the Sabbath? And he answered, well, the man who healed me that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. Well, they hadn't heard about this. They just saw the man walking around with his bed. They asked him, you're not, they told him, you're not supposed to do this. And the, and the man said, well, the man who healed me, he told me to do this. Well, if he's got the power to heal me, then he can tell me to do this, right? They asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know that it was Jesus, for he had withdrawn. There was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more. That nothing worse may happen to you. Jesus says the same thing to us. When He sets us free from some sin that we've been struggling with for years or even decades, He tells us, go, sin no more. Don't go back into it. That's dangerous. Then verse 15, the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was the way the Jews was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. Because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Jesus had upset their traditions. He had upset man made traditions. You know what? If we hear from Jesus and believe his word, if Jesus really brings true healing to us, It's going to upset some people. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I talked a lot this morning at the other church where I pastor about the fact that we have a lot of traditions that we, we hold up as some kind of an idol. Preaching styles. Well, I like it when you preach this way. Or I like it when you preach that way. Yeah. Yeah. When we're lifting up a certain style of preaching... And criticizing, and you have to ask the question, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want to have a healthy church if all you can do is criticize because it doesn't match your tradition? Let us not be like the Pharisees. Let us not be like these Jewish teachers that came to the man. Let us not trust in earthly traditions. Let us not trust in superstition. But let us trust in Jesus alone. He is the only one who can give us true healing. He is the only one who can bring life from the dead. He is the only one who can make the lame walk and the blind to see. He's the only one who can save a wretch like me. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook.